at least tonight and probably a couple more nights in, in looking at Pentecost. And you know, when I look at a subject, we don't just don't stay with the word Pentecost, but we're, we're looking at what all uh, it encompassed or, or I shouldn't say all it encompassed, but you, you know, uh, uh, taking a more in-depth look. And we were at Mount Sinai last week, and we saw that in Mount Sinai, which was approximately 50 days after the Passover, and that's what Pentecost means is 50, and it's 50 days after Passover, that they came to the wilderness of Sinai, and God gave them the word of covenant. And so when we come to Pentecost, uh, I believe that's what he does is he joins us to the word of covenant. And even, even in the feast, you see when you look at the, the feast, which we probably will next week, the actual feast of it, you see that they brought to the Lord in the feast two, I believe it was uh, two wave offerings of, uh, of grain. It's either grain or barley. I believe it was grain. And they waved two before the Lord. And what that's signifying to me is the joining of the church to him. So, like I said, we'll look at that uh, most likely next week, the actual feast of it. When I say the feast of it, what they what was required of the Israelites and, and what that means in Christ. But back here in Exodus and um I listened uh, to this from last week, and and I, I don't want to repeat everything, but on the other hand, <laughs> I thought that of last week really set forth the new covenant, because Jesus really worked the new covenant in his own blood. He said, this is the covenant in my blood, but we're really not joined to that covenant until the Spirit comes, and when the Spirit came, uh, those apostles there on the day of Pentecost were joined to what Jesus had done. And that's what the Spirit does. It declares him. And 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 that just stands out at me so uh, powerfully that God declared the word to Moses. And Moses declared the word to the people. Now in Christ, God declares the word who is Christ in our hearts, which is different than Moses standing far off from a people and declaring God's word. You know, this, this is an internal word. This is an internal work of the spirit. And that's really what we're in is an internal work of the spirit. And this is really our salvation is being joined to the Lord. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So in the book of Hebrews chapter 8, we'll start there. Hebrews chapter 8 and start with verse 1. The Bible says here, now, of the things we have spoken, this is the sum. We have 
such a high priest who is set down on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, thou shalt make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. But now have he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So here you go. Jesus is a mediator of a better covenant. He's got a more excellent ministry. And this covenant is established upon better promises. So for if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is my covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities, while I remember no more. In that he saith a new covenant, he had made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. So when we read this, or I could say when I've read this in the past, I kind of struggled with these verses of Scripture. All right? Because in my heart and mind, God was writing the old covenant law, the Ten Commandments, on my heart. What's wrong with that? Well, you all can't talk to me because you're on mute, but just as a question, what is wrong with that? That's still a, that's still a, a gospel of works. It's not faith. That's what's wrong with that. So we have this idea, or I have in the past, that what God did here was that old covenant law was on stones. Now the new covenant law, or the new covenant, the law, it's the same law. That was my mindset. It was the same law. But Hebrews 7 tells us something about that, that and I have to find the verse in Hebrews 7, it tells you that the law was changed. So we have, we have a change in the priesthood. In verse 12, it said, or start at verse 11, it says, If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, 
What further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed. And how it was changed is Jesus didn't come from Levi. He came from Judah. And he has a endless priesthood. So he so his priesthood never ceases. And he came out of another tribe. And it says here, verse 12, the priesthood being changed there is made of a necessity, a change of the law. So what we moved from was a law of works to the law of faith. It's what we moved from. And that's what Jesus declared in the Gospels, whosoever believeth on me shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever believeth on me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And even Paul said that to the Galatians. He said, Paul said to the Galatians, do I do the miracles that I'm performing among you by the law or by the hearing of faith? So, so we move from the law to the spirit. Now, I've been teaching about this on uh, Saturday mo- uh, Saturdays and Sundays. The law in itself doesn't have a problem. The law is holy, just, and good. So there was nothing wrong with the law. But the problem was you and I. Is we couldn't fulfill the law. So, so like back in Hebrews 8, this just really caught my attention in verse eight for finding fault with them. He said, behold, the days come saith the Lord. So he found fault with them. Why did he find fault with them? Because they couldn't be made complete. They couldn't be made perfect. They couldn't be accepted in the law. Why couldn't they be accepted in the law? Because it was their own works. It was their own works. And God declared, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And Apostle Paul wrote, we are made accepted, how? In the beloved. So God doesn't find fault with us in the new covenant because in the new covenant, we're in Christ Jesus. It's like, Jesus said, he that believeth on me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So we, so we, when we believe in him, we move into him. That's the, that's the power of the new covenant by the spirit is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord, is that in the new covenant, through the spirit, we are in Christ. We enter into Christ. So the word of covenant, and we said this last week, is Christ himself. Amen. That's that's like uh, some time ago, I was looking at the woman called in adultery. Now, Now I'm off script tonight, and I'll try to get back into script, but we'll see. I was looking at it. It was uh, maybe a couple of years ago, and I, I was listening to Brother Lynn Howes, and and, and I was looking at the woman uh, that they caught in adultery and 
brought her before Jesus and Jesus told her, said, I don't condemn thee, we're thine accusers. And, and they have went away. When the midst of this whole thing, Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground. And, and you know, I, I've never knew what he wrote. Some people says, well, he wrote out all their sins and maybe he did. But another way to look at that, he told that woman to go and sin no more. Well, under that old covenant, the, the law is the knowledge of sin, right? That's what Paul writes, that through the law, we know sin. So, so maybe we could look at it that he wrote on the ground. In other words, the finger of God touched humanity. That the empowerment to go and not sin again was found in Christ Jesus because it's only in Christ Jesus where our sins are not held against us. Right? So in him, and this is what Hebrews 8 says, says that their unrighteousness and sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. Now, now God doesn't just want to do away with unrighteousness. He does. He did. But he wants us to bring us into Christ's righteousness. That's why there's this in Christ teaching. Because if he just wanted to do away with our unrighteousness, he could have, I guess, just laid that up on Jesus. Jesus could have died and rose from the dead. And, and we could have had some faith of ourselves without receiving him. And we can say, well, God removed our our unrighteousness because he laid it up on Jesus. But what he did in, in the work of God is he brought us into Christ. And as we eat his flesh and drink his blood, we grow up in him. See, that's, that's what the good news is, is that in him is no sin. Well, if, I, if I'm continually looking at me, it doesn't take long for me to find sin if I'm looking at myself. And that was, that was really what the, the law did, was it, was it exposed who I am. And what the Spirit does is it transforms us into what He is. So instead of exposing who I am, the work of the Spirit is a transformation. And the transformation is a transformation not from, not from that what we are is made better. We're transformed into what he is. See, it's not just a better Wayne or a better Randy. It's that we're transformed into that which is Christ. Christ being formed in us. That's Christ written in our hearts. Glory to God. We read this last week, and we might as well turn back to it again in 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3, Paul says, verse 2, You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. 
for as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, the word of Christ, or the words of Christ. Isn't that what an epistle is? Paul's epistle was words, right? They were written words. So he says here, you are declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. So, so this ministry of God is Christ in the heart, in the mind. Because what only thing that can transform us from what we were is Him. So if God had just wrote the Ten Commandments on our heart, what would that do? That would just leave you and I again trying to get it right. So God didn't just do that. <laughs> he put the living word in us. Hallelujah. Because the living word got it right. See, see, our faith in God is based upon Christ. It's not based upon Bob and me doing the Ten Commandments. It's based upon the fact that Jesus fulfilled the law. He fulfilled it. And we know by the scripture that love is the fulfillment of the law. We know that by the scripture, but, but how he fulfilled it is he gave himself. Greater love have no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. So Jesus laid down his life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and Jesus laid down his life to take it again. And this is where the love part comes in. He's not selfish. He loves us, so he gives us his very own life. So he takes it again, but he doesn't take it again exclusive to himself. So Christ's love is that he's given us what he is. See, see we've got this concept of love as as just this gooey feeling. I got to love everybody. I don't know that we know what love is. I think love is when the impartiality of Jesus Christ begins to work in us, and we have no partiality upon people, and we would give them all this divine life. I think we try to make love like the natural, and love is the spiritual. Love is this life, is the giving of this life that's in us. It's sharing it without part, being partial with brothers and sisters. And that's why the Apostle Paul could say the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. How is it shed abroad in our heart as Christ is revealed? Because he's sharing himself with us to make us partakers of his divine life. That's what he's doing. That's what the new covenant is. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That we're sharers with him in his death and we're sharers with him in his life. 
Glory to the Lamb of the living God. And this covenant is sealed in his blood, and he's the mediator of it. So he mediates it himself. So he doesn't have a Moses. The living word is in us. All right. In the old covenant, God spoke the word and Moses gave it to the children of Israel, right? So he, he set up everything through Moses, from the word, from the law, the covenants, the feasts, the tabernacle. All this flowed from God into Moses, from Moses into the people. Now, in Hebrews 1, Hebrews 1, the Bible says, God, who at sundry times in divers' manners spake in time past. That's what I'd love us to hear. He spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. He ain't speaking this way anymore. I'm not saying people don't give prophecy. I didn't say that. But he's not speaking in the, by the old covenant prophets anymore. He shows us Christ in them. So I, but he's not declaring what's coming anymore because it came. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. So at the last days, and that was the last days of that old Jewish covenant, God spoke in his son. That's how he spoke. And he did that literally, and he does that spiritually. Whom he appointed the heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now, now I'll repeat that again. He did that literally. Jesus says in, in the book of John, John chapter, let's see here, chapter 12, verse 44. John 12, 44, Jesus cried out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me alone, but in the one that sent me. And whoever sees me sees the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should remain in darkness. As for anyone who hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I have not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not receive my words. The word that I have spoken will judge him at the last day. I have not spoken on my own. But the Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know that his command leads to eternal life. Well, what command leads to eternal life? Whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the only command in your Bible that I know of that leads to eternal life is whosoever believeth upon him shall not perish, but have 
everlasting life. That's the command of God that Jesus, I believe, is talking about. So then he goes on and says, so I speak exactly what the Father has told me to say. Then in John 14, John 14, Jesus said, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own. Instead, it is the Father dwelling in me, performing his works. And then in verse 31, John 14, he says, the word that you hear is not my own, but it is from the Father who sent me. So he's speaking, God is speaking in Christ. So that was God speaking in the earth to, to old Israel. And that's what he told them and, and uh, mentioned last week and Brother Bob taught on it a few uh, nights ago that God was going to raise up a prophet and him they should hear. And see, Joel declares this, that, it, that, that in the last days, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here comes a new covenant. And the command is to believe on him. And that's what the Apostle John writes, that this is his commandment, that you would believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and would love one another. Because what happens when we believe on him is we receive him. That's what faith does. The, the law of faith brings us into relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, because what the law could not do is that it was weak through the flesh, Paul said. We could say our flesh, our mind, our, our inabilities. It was weak through us. God did by sending his son. So what the law couldn't do because of me God did by sending his son that we would believe on him. And see, this is, this is the law of faith. Abraham believed God, and God counted it to him for righteousness. Not that Abraham went and did all these works and Paul, Paul really illustrates that because if Abraham had done it by works, then God, then he would have earned it by death. But God made him righteous through faith, declaring before the gospel that was going to come in the Lord Jesus Christ, that whosoever calls on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I believe, folks, when you read in Isaiah 2 that a law is coming from Zion, that was what was coming. Whosoever called on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That law came. And it's in the land today. Jesus sealed it in his own blood. He put it in power when he died, when he was buried, and he rose from the dead and he's who executes it, mediates it, makes it real in us. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So we come to the law of faith. 
And what gets written in us is the word of covenant. Just if you go back to Mount Sinai for a moment in your heart, at Mount Sinai, God didn't just declare to Moses the Ten Commandments. Go back and read what all he declared to Moses. So in the revealing of the word of Christ, what, what all do we see? We see the new priesthood. We see the more excellent ministry. We see the more excellent tabernacle. We see the more excellent glory. All of this is in Jesus Christ. See, all of this is in him. And that's what he's made us partakers of by believing his word. And that's what Jesus says, if you continue in my word, as this word continues to be made known of you, you continue to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Hallelujah. And he just continues to, to take us into a place of relationship and understanding that we stand in faith. We stand in truth. We're built up by the Spirit of God into the most holy faith, and that's the faith of Christ. Glory to God that we stand in God's word. You know, for years I'd say, well, I'm standing on God's word and I grabbed the Bible. And, I, and, and don't get me wrong, I believe the Bible is the spoken word of God. But the word that God would have us stand in is the revealed word of Christ that the Bible declares and the spirit reveals. And what the Spirit reveals is a person. I mean, that's what he does. What, what, another place here, Acts. So we have time passed. We had in Hebrews 8, at the end of those days. So in time passed, at the end of those days. And then we have in Acts 2, Verse 16 says, but this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass here again in the last days. Saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit, they shall prophesy. And it goes on to tell you that it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here at the last days. Now this came to pass in the last days of the old covenant. Jesus died buried and rose from the dead and brought forth in himself the new covenant. But they weren't joined to it until the Spirit came. 
And when the Spirit came, what Jesus had done in his death, burial, and resurrection was made real to those Jews right there in Jerusalem. So God did it right there in the midst of their feast, right in Jerusalem. Jews came from all over the world. And he poured out his spirit. And I, and I love to look at that because, because it just, you know, uh, when you study the Old Testament, you see God coming by the cloud and getting in the temple, and you realize the cloud never went back to the Holy of Holies, but it went into the hearts and minds of people. That God's Spirit did not return to that Old Covenant because it was not established on that word. It was established on the word of the Lord Jesus Christ that, that those that believe in him should be saved. And salvation is Christ in you. The spirit came, Jesus came, and got in you. Just like he said he was going to do. And he said, at that day you will know I am in my father, you're in me, and I'm in you. And that's what we know. And we know that not by our works, not by might nor by power, but we know that by the Spirit of God. We know whether we have the Spirit of God or not. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ. See, the separation is not the doing of the old covenant. The separation now is the Spirit. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, they are none of his. It's what Paul declared. Because in the old covenant, you had to come in through the old covenant, be circumcised by the law, and all, and all that to be God's. Now in the new covenant, the Spirit of God is what circumcised our heart that we belong to the Lord. And if we have not his Spirit, Paul says we don't belong to him. So we have to have God's spirit. And so now that we are people of covenant, we have the spirit of God. Amen. That's a new covenant. He'll put his law in our hearts and in our minds. And the law is... I believe with all my heart, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's writing him, he's written him upon us. And the Spirit of God is revealing what he's done. Because we're joined. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. God's spirit is complete. It's full. And, and, and that's a powerful scripture. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Because it deals with two being joined together, being one flesh of a man and a woman. So now we're joined to the Lord and we're complete in him. And that goes back to the beginning that, that in that old covenant, God was not pleased with them. Well, now he's pleased with us because we're joined to the Lord. We're one spirit. We're one seed. We're one family. And what God is ministering in our hearts is the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we're growing up into is that that is him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I had 
just in my notes, which I'm not going to read them all. I'm going to close here. But I had Romans 10, most of Romans 10. I had Romans 3, 21 through chapter 4 and 12. So, so from Romans 3 through chapter 3, 21 through chapter 4 through 12. And then I had um, Matthew 26, 26, and Romans 8, 1. There is there now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. And I know, and I know we say that's the, the, the carnal mind, the, the sin and everything, and it, and it is. But I believe it's also entwined, and that's the old covenant but after the Spirit. The Spirit is after Christ because what the Spirit declares is Christ. I mean, Jesus, Jesus really set that forth that when the Spirit comes, He's going to declare Him. He's going to bring to remembrance everything that He said, all the things that He said to us as He walked here as a man. And we're bearing them now. We're one. That's why we love each other. That's why we're unified. That's why we come together and, and this group of peoples in unity is because we're in the bond of, of perfectness, perfection. Because he has brought us into what he's done. And when you're when you're of the same mind, the same accord, you know, God is always there when you're in the mind of Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And that's what we're in. We're in the mind of Christ. We're seeing the things of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. That's what we're doing. We're seeing Him. All right. I'll stop here tonight and start with Brother Dale Graham.